Should we allow babies to be aborted because of their race, sex, or disability? Planned Parenthood seems to think so. We'll discuss that next. From the nation's capital, this is Use Your Voice with Penny Nance, President and CEO of Concerned Women for America. Here's your host, Penny Nance. Hello and welcome to Use Your Voice. I'm Penny Nance, the President and CEO of Concerned Women for America, and I'm so glad you're listening to today's show. We're discussing a very important abortion case that was just handed down by the Supreme Court, which presents to us some very important philosophical and existential questions we should all consider. You'll often hear me talk about Imago Dei in reference to the intrinsic value of every human life as created in the image of God. And this case pushes us to consider the implications of that self-evident truth. Here to discuss the case with me is CWA's General Counsel Mario Diaz. Welcome to the show, Mario. It is great to be with you, Penny. As always, welcome back to the show. You've been traveling a yes, little I bit. Yes, I have. I've had, there's been a lot been going on. I was at yeah. a pro-life march this week That's in New right. York in Albany. Boy, those folks are very strong and determined to turn around their state and protect life. So it was fantastic to be with them on the the lawn of the Capitol in New York. What a time to be. You and I have been through a lot here Mm -hmm. at CWA, but what a time to be pro-life. You can see the excitement, the momentum shift happening. If I, if I can brag on your writing for a little bit, we just received a letter of a reader who read your latest piece on this Creamy baby. Yes. Baby Sabi. Baby Sabi. Mm-hmm. And uh, just change his whole worldview yeah, on, that on was, abortion. That was encouraging. Yeah. You know, you we we'd write a lot here at CWA yeah. and we do TV and media. And so yeah. when you hear from someone, this was a 50-year-old man who was reading a piece, my piece on foxnews.com about the fact that science has caught up with the abortion movement. So That's I would right. encourage our listeners to go pull that up on our website. Yeah. Um, and it, it just really makes the hard argument and, and ask the question, if baby Sabi, at, who was born at 23 weeks, Amazing. she weighed under nine ounces. She was mm-hmm. the size of an apple. Right. Was able to survive and go home after several months in the hospital and be with That's her right. parents. If she deserves the protection, and she does, right. why is it that 31 states, including the state of New York that I was just yeah. in, would say that baby Sabi and even older yeah, should be uh, aborted and have no legal rights. Up to the point of birth. I mean, it's, it is radically... Well, even at 24 weeks. That's I mean, right. that is that is a very normal number. There's many states that have that limit. Um, that was the Pennsylvania number, yeah. right? In, yeah. in, for, in the Gosnell case. That's right. At 24 weeks... You know that baby often sur- can survive outside right. the wound, and it and we know that it, that number's moving back earlier and earlier. We have twenty week old babies that are surviving, yeah. and so science is caught up, and it's our time as a movement to drive that point home and bring new people to our side. Right. Uh, we would love to, for everyone to to understand the intrinsic value and the issue of Imago Day that we're, we're all created in God's image. But even if you don't, even right. if you don't believe in God, science should convince you mm-hmm. that a child is a life that right. at, at conception, you have all this, all your own DNA, right. <laughs> right. complete and separate from your mother. Often babies yeah. in the womb have a different blood type than their That's mothers. Right. At 18 days, we can 
detect a beating heart at 30 days. Yeah. You have eyes and mouth and, you mm. know, have the bases of your nervous system. That's right. And then at 20 weeks, which many of the federal legislation, federal legislation and state laws we've been working on, at 20 weeks, a baby has right. all of her vital organs, has eyes, ears, nose, fingernails, eyebrows, can hear and respond to her mother's voice and can feel pain. Yeah, so I think what people are understanding is that this is incredibly reasonable. Mm -hmm. It is not extreme on the pro-life side to, to propose a 20-week ban. It is common sense. Mm -hmm. And anyone, even if you are pro-choice, you should be able to say, yes, there should be some limits. I can well, see the majority of people do say yeah, that, right? Exactly. The majority, exactly. 80% of people say that if it should occur, it shouldn't be past the first right. trimester. So that's an 80-20 issue. Unfortunately, right. the current law in the United States is not in line with public opinion, which brings us to the Supreme Court. Right. So tell us about the case that was in front of the Supreme Court. It's Box versus Planned Parenthood. That was the Indiana case, it right? It is the Indiana case. Christina Box was the commissioner of the Indiana Department of Health. And Planned Parenthood of Indiana and Kentucky both challenged this new Indiana law that had two provisions in it. One had to do with the disposition of fetal remains, uh, of, of disposing it in a humane fashion. And what was happening prior to this law in Indiana? What, was, what were the facts of the case? They Disrespectful. Were, well, they were able to treat it as any other medical waste. And mm -hmm. if uh, you mentioned Gosnell mm -hmm. earlier, yes. if you remember, and if anybody saw that movie... You and know, you should, by the way, if yes. you have not seen that movie, you should run in and it see is. it. It's a very important. It's a crime drama. Honestly, that's something yeah. you should bring someone who's not pro-life to. And I yeah. think you could have an interesting discussion afterwards. Yeah. It is heartbreaking. And what you saw is these disposable medical waste bags that contained mm -hmm. fetuses really yeah. just everywhere in his uh, clinic, really. That type of handling of a fetus, of a human life, as if it was... Any other tissue right. is what they were trying to get at. Again, science is driving this. Mm -hmm. And the other part of the law was bearing the knowing provision of sex, race, or disability-selective abortions. So the Indiana law said that you cannot have abortion based on the baby's gender, race, or some sort of disability, correct? That's right. That's right. And again, something very reasonable. I think most Americans would agree with that. Uh, the court, unfortunately, did not take that second question. They left it because there wasn't a circuit split yet, and they were basically saying we need more time to consider this so for other states to consider this. Right. So basically the court is waiting for another state to find differently on the question. That's right. And then it'll have to come back up at some point. But we'll come back to that one because it is the most important in terms of the opinion, because Justice Thomas's concurring opinion where he goes through it. But before, we should deal with the first question about the disposition of fetal remains, because surprisingly, both the district court and the Seventh Circuit struck down that part also, saying that the law was uh, basically not rational, because that's the standard, legally speaking, that they needed to apply, and they struck it down. Based on access? No, it's important that you say that because this did not involve a woman's access to abortion because the abortion has already happened, right? Right. So not even Planned Parenthood blood that up. Ruth Bader Ginsburg in her dissent brought it up, but it wasn't even part of the case, not even Planned Parenthood. And I think it would be hard for anybody to say this somehow prevents an abortion when it has already happened. 
So I think the court just, frankly, it considered this question politically, really, mm -hmm. because what we found out from the Supreme Court is that the court had specific precedent on this issue that had already said that this was indeed a legitimate interest, which is what you need. It was a compelling state interest. It's not compelling. That's another standard. Mm. In the rational review standard, you need a rationally related legitimate government interest. So mm -hmm. it doesn't even need to be compelling. Which is a much higher standard. Which is okay. a mo We're much higher standard. We're kind of in the weeds here, we, so we yeah, probably A little bit out. in the weeds, but they said, basically, this is not a legitimate interest, mm -hmm. which the Supreme Court had said differently. So the court said the Seventh Circuit clearly erred on that. And Justice Thomas said that it was manifestly inconsistent with the president of the court. But even if it was a legitimate interest, they said there's no rational basis for it, which is really preposterous when you consider what we're dealing with, right? A baby mm -hmm. uh, and how you dispose of states should be able to say so how you do that. So basically the argument from Planned Parenthood is that they should be able to dispose of the remains of a baby. Yeah, as at any point, right? That's this right. Is, this could be a very late term abortion, the body yeah. of a baby. And I'm sorry, I know this is a hard topic and for people that are listening and yeah. you know have children in the car or whatever if you're listening at home, I I know this is hard. Yeah. But it's important, right? We need to understand yeah. how far how broken the other side is yeah. and how they just don't get it that right. this is a human being. And so right. their argument at Planned Parenthood is First off, they'd like to sell the remains, oh. but if they can't sell the remains, they'd like to just dispose of it like they would any other tissue. Yeah. So like if, if you it had was an appendix removed, right. you, know, you just throw can, it in with know, anything. You, uh, yeah. you can incinerate it. You can do Your whatever. Yeah. Or whatever. You mm -hmm. can just dispose of it with no respect for uh, human life. Mm -hmm. And I think it shows again what I think you and I have discussed before, which Anthony Kennedy, uh, former Supreme Court justice, admitted in the Carhartt case, which is when it comes to a abortion, the courts just are unable to act like if it were any other case. And this is just another example of mm -hmm. that. They are so afraid of what the abortion lobby, the pressure that they have put on politically, that they are unable to set any limits mm -hmm. on it. And so I think that's what we saw here. But fortunately, the Supreme Court came in and said no. And by the way, this is a per curiam opinion, which means it's the whole court. It mm -hmm. is not just the conservatives saying this. Mm -hmm. The whole court upheld this. Only Ruth Bader Ginsburg issued a dissent, and she was just clarifying that she thought they should have taken the case and at least, for example, have oral arguments because mm -hmm. they didn't even have oral arguments on this. They just decided it. It was that obvious. The wow. answer really is that obvious wow. uh, that That's they just issued the opinion. But the most important thing about it is uh, Justice Thomas' dissent, which oh, I Oh, we love Justice Thomas. When we come back, we're going to talk about what Justice Thomas said about the fact that the court denied cert, meaning they decided not to hear the portion of the law that has to do with saying that you should not be able to legally choose an abortion because you are pregnant with a little girl and you wanted a boy or your child has a disability has you know it, it comes up all the time cleft lip cleft palate some down sort of disability syndrome. yeah down syndrome any reason or you don't like the race of your child so when we get back we'll discuss that some more 
Hey ladies, you're smart, passionate, and savvy. You care about your family and you care about our nation. That's why you should join Concerned Women for America. I'm Penny Nance, President and CEO of Concerned Women for America, and I pray you will visit ConcernedWomen.org to learn how you can add your voice to the largest public policy women's organization in the nation. That's ConcernedWomen.org. Welcome back to Use Your Voice. I'm Penny Nance here with Mario Diaz, CWA's General Counsel, discussing Box versus Planned Parenthood, an important Supreme Court decision dealing with abortion. And Mario, before we left the break, we were talking about the section of the bill that had to do with the reasoning for choosing an abortion based on sex, based on race, based on disability. And I know that Justice Thomas, who is just does an amazing job and is such a a great jurist, yes. uh, had a blistering dissent. That's right. <laughs> so tell us what he had to say. I want to stress that, Penny, we as pro-lifers owe a great debt to Justice Thomas for taking this on. I think the court should have taken this question. It is one that we know the country is struggling with, and mm-hmm. it is very easy, as the other one was, to answer it in terms of the law. And I think they were political considerations, again, involved in not taking the question but having said that the next best thing that we could have had is a concurring opinion by justice thomas that goes through penny the history the clear history linking planned parenthood and the abortion movement in general really to the eugenics movement in this uh, country, which I know CWA has been involved Mm -hmm. in exposing with our uh, 100 No More rallies. Yes, our 100 No More rallies were something we did starting about a year ago because the vast majority of Planned Parenthood clinics are in minority neighborhoods. Of course, they were the whole organization started with Margaret Sanger, who was a eugenicist, and set out specifically to rid the world of people that she thought were her inferiors. She called them human weeds. And it's not a surprise, and it's true to their mission, that Planned Parenthood targets minorities and minority neighborhoods. African Americans, even though they're only 12% of the population, make up about 30% of the abortions. And so in the city of New York City, there's more African American babies that are aborted than are born. Yes. And it's not sustainable. And it's shocking. Heartbreaking. And Justice Thomas mentions that in his concurrent opinion, which you can go to our website, concernedwomen.org, and read for yourself. You can read what Justice Thomas lays out the history of. Of the eugenics movement and links it specifically to the abortion movement and brings it to bear in this important case. Right. He says it is not hypothetical. I think that's what a lot of people think, that this is something that maybe could happen. But he said the foundations of legalizing abortion in America were laid during the 20th century birth control movement. And the movement developed alongside the American eugenics movement and significantly, Planned Parenthood founder Margaret Sanger recognized the eugenic potential of her cause. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting things that he goes through is how many of the intellectual class were on board with this. Oh, yeah. There were classes at Harvard and Yale teaching eugenics as a legitimate form of population control. And he goes through it all. He actually points out how the court through its prestige behind the eugenics movement in a 1927 decision of holding the constitutionality 
of Virginia's forced sterilization law. So even the Supreme Court had given legitimacy to the eugenics movement. Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes, writing for the court, he said, quote, it is better for all the world if instead of waiting to execute degenerate offspring for crime or to let them starve for their imbecility, society can prevent those who are manifestly unfit from continuing their kind. Which brings the, up the question, who decides exactly. who's unfit? And, and Why do they feel qualified to decide who's unfit? That's right. And, and it's, that's not changed, really. Right. They've prettied it up. Right, they've gotten a little smarter in their marketing, yeah. but truly, this and, argument and, is made today. By the way, still. we're at the seventy-fifth anniversary of Normandy. Yeah, I mean, this idea is so dangerous. It was an important piece of what Nazi Germany was trying to do because they they decided Jews were unfit and homosexuals unfit and people that had any kind of cognitive disability or any kind of physical disability. In fact, down to the point where you had to be blue-eyed and blonde-haired right. to be you know, an Aryan and an important part of their movement. It is disgusting That's and it's right. dangerous. That's right. And it still exists. Yes. It's still real. And, and I think that's, and what he, that's his point. This is still a problem today. And he says, you know, after he goes through all the history, he mentions the Negro Project, which is something which is we Planned Parenthood yeah. and Margaret Sanger were, were working on and trying to work specifically within that community and even had leaders within that community. Within the Christian community also. They were trying to get on board this idea. And he said, this is a quote from Justice Thomas. He said, it highlights the fact that abortion is an act rife with the potential for eugenic manipulation. So abortion, it is the perfect tool for them. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was especially pleased with that formulation by him, Penny, because our brief, mm -hmm. CWA's brief before the court, uh, noticed that. It said that abortion has served the purpose, has served the cause mm -hmm. of eugenics, whether they want it or not. Mm -hmm. And Justice Thomas cites our brief when he talks that abortion has proven to be disturbingly effective for implementing. Wait, did he specifically cite he our specifically brief? He specifically cited uh, our oh, brief. Wait, you're telling me something I didn't know. We're going to breaking <laughs> news here, folks. Yes, you've been traveling, so you, uh, yeah, you, you missed, missed that, that. that oh. amazing news that he specifically yeah. quoted the brief, and we were alongside other organizations. Okay, can I just take a moment and say, this is why what we do and what you do specifically, Mario, is so important, yeah. because we are supplying the intellectual capital and the hard arguments on behalf of life and other issues to the Supreme Court with uh, with you as our general counsel with the briefs that we the amicus briefs that we submit to the, the supreme court and some lower court cases yeah. and as a women's organization it's very important that our voices are heard on so many of this issue so thank you mario right. for your work on this and again this was cited specifically but i know it happens often and we aren't necessarily cited but we're able to help shape the argument yeah. and frame the argument yeah for the and court. I, I think it's a credit to the fact that we are citing facts that's what they draw from, right? We are citing stats like you said. You cannot explain why if African Americans are 12% of the population. They're over 30% of the abortions. Yeah. I think it's like something like 35%. So you have to grapple with the fact of that statistic mm -hmm. and it points to something. It points Something's to a problem. going on. Yeah, right? that is going on. And, and the Supreme Court, I think, thank God again for Justice Thomas who is courageous enough Penny, and this is one of the things I point out in my piece, 
that it is really an act of courage for him to say the most obvious things when it comes to abortion. You know, he says, for example, that, of course, the Constitution says nothing about abortion, and that is an act of courage to say to today say that, because they have come right, up. Because the other side says it's settled law. It's yeah. Penumbra of the 14th Amendment. Like, yeah, well, super-duper precedent, they call it, right? You can't even touch or look around Roe v. Wade because the, it becomes this big deal for them. And I think here we are, you know, people, believers, right, who, who believe in, in the spiritual nature of this mm -hmm. fight, it really points out that there is something deeper going on, right. something very dark about the whole industry that really gets incredibly defensive. I think the enemy has gained a lot of ground through this evil practice that well, we have Well, right, endorsed. and to the point where, you know, they're so disrespectful of life that they, Planned Parenthood was caught red-handed, and we've had uh, David Delighting on this show selling little baby parts. Today, the Trump administration announced that we're no longer going to be in the business in the United States with our tax dollars of doing fetal tissue research, which That's is right. a gr giant and important God, yeah. uh, change to policy and something we've advocated for for a very long time. Right. Um, can we take just a minute and talk about, and, and we, I mentioned this in my piece on foxnews.com, about the fact that Harry Blackman's yeah. important statement, and I'm paraphrasing, mm -hmm. that if personhood is ever established that the 14th amendment does the opposite mm -hmm. of what roe mm -hmm. v wade establishes mm -hmm. that it actually protects that's this right. unborn child that's right. and of course we're there that's right? right the fact that we have you know 3d 4d hd sonograms mm -hmm. that we can have a we have a window into the womb and can see and we've we've net we've mapped DNA. We That's understand right. the human genome. We ha we have come so far in science from 1973 when we we're all using rotary phones. That's right. And there were no sonograms. This is why we continue to make this case before the court that things have changed. Mm -hmm. That science and the facts that science has been able to establish must be considered because they at least try to pretend that they were considered in Roe, which is what you are mentioning with Justice Blackman. So when Roe was done, they were literally doing surgery on newborn babies without using anesthesia. That's, that's how right. like crazy it was, right? Yeah. That, that was a long time ago. Yeah. We have come so far in science. We understand fetal development now. We see we're able to do surgery inside the womb. And certainly anesthesia is used on the baby just like it is on the mother yeah. because we know they can feel pain. And yet we're supposed to ignore all that mm -hmm. in order to protect this euphemism of reproductive mm -hmm. rights that have just been made up. And so I think, again, Justice Thomas just does a great job of laying the facts of abortion and what he has done. He mentions the Down syndrome statistic in Iceland, that they mm -hmm. have basically exterminated all of them. And he said, this is all of this is not hypothetical. This is what's going on today. He mentioned the sex-selective abortion, how predominant it is in Asia, mm -hmm. where some 160 million uh, missing women, they call it, uh, have been aborted. So where are the feminists on that? Right. Protecting their own. 160 is more. Well, I mean, we that's been established in some communities here, right? Mm -hmm. And you and so, unfortunately, 
you would think that the feminists, the gender feminists would understand and, and the radical fem feminists would understand that you have missing women because women are not valued. It's the ultimate abuse of women. So, Penny, unfortunately, this question is still open. The court did not take it. And so whether eugenics abortion, as Justice Thomas coined it, are permissible under the Supreme Court's warped view of the Constitution is still something that we'll have to deal with. So we need to pray for that. And hopefully we'll get a result We're going to continue to work. We're going to continue to fight these battles legislatively. We're going to continue to work in the courts. And we just want to thank you all so much, our listeners, our podcast listeners, for um, spending time with us today. Mario, thank you for your great work. And, again, you can come to ConcernWomen.org, read Mario's great piece, read Justice Thomas's wonderful and important remarks, and then also my piece about little baby Sabie and science right. and life. So mm -hmm. thank you, and God bless you. Until next time, Concern Women for America will be representing you in the halls of Congress, in the state capitals, in media, and around the country, and helping you to use your voice. Thanks for listening. Use Your Voice is a ministry of Concerned Women for America, the largest public policy women's organization in the nation. For more information, visit ConcernedWomen.org. That's ConcernedWomen.org.